The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Today's episode was recorded live in the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community on Facebook. This was recorded on May 10th, 2022, which would have been Dr. Wayne Dyer's 82nd birthday. I wanted an opportunity to connect with everyone to celebrate this special day, to honor the life of Dr. Wayne Dyer, and go over five essential teachings from Wayne. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to watch the full HD video of this, you can get that for free for everyone at patreon.com slash Nadia Delacruz or go to NadiaDelacruz.com for more details about this podcast. are celebrating the life of Dr. Wayne Dyer, who was one of my biggest mentors, um, teacher in my life. He influenced me in a way that is hard to quantify, but he lives in my heart to this day, and I will forever be thankful for the things that I learned from his body of work, from his time on this earth, and May 10th is Wayne's birthday, so I didn't want to let this day go by without us doing something to honor him, and it's an opportunity for us to get together. So if you have any questions or stories that you want to share, maybe memories of Dr. Wayne Dyer, I would love to hear it. Pop them in the comments, and I will share as many of those as I can. Um... Denise says, love Wayne so much. Happy birthday. Loretta, hello from California. Linda, thank you. Um, all right. So why, <laughs> why don't I start with who I am and what we're doing here? And as we go on today, please feel free to share any stories or questions in the comments. And we're going to try and keep this as interactive as we can. Okay. So welcome. Welcome, my lovelies. It's so wonderful to be with all of you beautiful souls here today. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I am a Wayne Dyer superfan. Much like many of you, he touched my life with his books and his lectures. I had an opportunity to see him several times live. Um, and I, when he died... I was looking for people who were feeling what I was feeling. Um, I didn't know a lot of people in my private life who were interested in spirituality or fans of Wayne Dyer. Um, so I found uh, a community online. And it started actually with the Hay House Memorial page when he died. And I was talking to people there and it was so healing for me just to be able to share my feelings about Wayne. And I wanted to keep this conversation going. And so I started the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community just a few days after he died and made the space that I was looking for, that I needed. So this is, this is feeding my soul and this is part of my spiritual practice and my journey and hopefully for yours as well. So... I started a podcast in 2020 for this group, and it is called Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts, basically. And you can get all the details for that at NadiaDelacruz.com. And I will pop a link in here at some point. Actually, maybe I'll do it right now. The Magic of Live Video. 
Okay, should have my link come up here, NadiaDelacruz.com. We're on season two now of the podcast. And what it is, is I started with a story, uh, my story. You know, how, who am I? How do I know Wayne? What was my favorite memory of him? And that was, spoiler alert, I got to see him in Maui in 2007. He had a a weekend uh, conference. Avril says she meditates with Wayne's video every night. Oh, he would love that. I love that. Um, 2007, I got to see him spend the weekend in Maui. Um, this is my beloved picture of Wayne. It's been in my sacred space uh, ever since. Uh, I was a little younger then. We all were, right? Um, yeah, I was the young kid on the block. <laughs> I'm a mom of two kids. Uh, my kids are five and eight, so I got little ones at home, um, very dear to my heart. But I'm really passionate about spirituality because of Dr. Wayne Dyer. I made this painting of him on the fifth anniversary of his passing, so almost two years ago. Um, and I keep it here with me. And you know, I was, <laughs> I was just watching a video you may have seen it on YouTube. There's a live recording of him speaking at Wanderlust, and it was right after his mother had passed away. His mother was in her 90s, and she died just three years before he did. And, um, you know, he was talking about how he could still feel her and, um, you know, that connection with with people in our in our lives who have passed over, and he was talking about his painting of Lao Tzu that somebody made for him, what they imagined Lao Tzu to look like. And he would keep that painting on the wall and and speak to him. Um, Georgiana remembers the talk. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I'll share that in the group later. You can find it on YouTube. Um, and he was talking about how he would, he would consult this painting of Lao Tzu. This is not Lao Tzu, obviously. Uh, when he was studying the Tao and it would help him just sort of gain a better understanding of, you know, what did you mean by this? And I realized today that, you know, that's, that's kind of how I feel about having Wayne on my wall, that I feel in my heart. He's always with us. He's still here. Many people meditate with him. That's a great way to connect with anyone who's crossed over, really, because you're putting yourself into that theta space, the higher awareness. You sort of clear the channels, right? And Wayne, you know, I think he's, as as a spirit, I think he's still passionate about everything that he was teaching to us. So, yes, he's with me here. Okay. Now, uh, the podcast. Yes, change your thoughts, change your life. So, the, the next two episodes after my sort of introductory one, which is called The Beginning, is... Uh, Wayne Dyer's origin story. So we're going to be going over a little bit of that today, just kind of a synopsis of Wayne Dyer's life. If you'd like to go into more detail, I go into a lot of detail about some of his influences as well. <clears throat> and that is in the featured episodes at NadiaDelacruz.com. So it's really easy to find or message me if you if you have trouble finding it. I'll get you there. Um, if you'd like to support my podcast or what I'm doing here with the group, the place to do that is to go to Patreon. I have a page there, patreon.com slash Nadia Delacruz. And um, honestly, this is a passion project. This is a labor of love. I'm not doing it for the money. Um, I would love to be able to hire some people to help me um, get this content out and do more for you. And so if I can get some um, some patrons to support me with that, that's just going to enable me to do more. But don't feel like you have to. This is not a sales pitch at all. It's just if you feel inclined to support me come on over to Patreon. I really appreciate all of it. And even just being here today, <laughs> joining in this space with you, I was so looking forward to knowing that, you know, Wayne's birthday is coming up. And it's like, we get to do something special for this and not just let it pass by. I saw a post from Anita Morjani. You may know her from her book, uh, Dying to Be Me. 
And he found Anita, introduced her to the world. She has this amazing near-death experience. She posted a picture of her and Wayne that I shared in the group just about an hour ago. Um, so we're all thinking about him today. We're all thinking about him. Do you have any memories of Wayne or, or any stories? Um, Linda says he was such an inspiration. Len says, every time I listen to Wayne Dyer, I feel like I am in a different dimension in the universe. Yeah. I think because he got really good at, at connecting to source, at connecting to the power of intention. And you're not different from Wayne. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. And I think that was so key about what he was teaching us, you know? He wasn't born with some special advantage. In fact, some would say he was born with some disadvantages. But everything that he did, everything that he found that helped him, he wanted to teach us that we could do it too. And here's how. He wrote over 40 books in his lifetime. He has many recorded lectures. There's videos. It's a whole multimedia library that is so precious to me that I'm certain I'm going to be studying and learning new things from for the rest of my life and generations to come. And, you know, my kids are learning about Wayne Dyer, and I think that's so cool. And he's got children's books out there. So let's dive in. Dr. Wayne W. Dyer was born in Detroit on May 10th, 1940. He was the youngest of three boys, and his father left. He abandoned the family when Wayne was a baby. Um, I think he was an alcoholic. I believe he was physically abusive to his mother. Everybody said, he's a deadbeat. Don't worry about it. But Wayne wanted to meet his dad. Wayne wanted to know if his father acknowledged his existence. And... There is an amazing story of forgiveness where he found his way to his father's grave. And he described that as the most significant day of his life. And that was August 30th. And that's the same date that he died. He always said there were no coincidences. In a perfect universe, there can be no coincidences. JR says his presence and the sound of his voice is so soothing. I listen to him on Hay House video a lot. Yeah, he had a radio show too, which is now as a podcast. Uh, when you come out to listen to my podcast, <laughs> don't forget to check out Wayne. There's one specifically for Wayne, which is from his uh, radio show. Okay. So his oldest brother, um, I believe, stayed with a family member. Um, but his mother was unable to care for three young boys on her own. She didn't have the money to support them. She wanted them to be okay. So Wayne and his uh, middle brother, David, ended up in what he would describe as an orphanage. I don't think it was officially an orphanage. It was just sort of a system like that for kids that didn't have homes. And a series of foster homes over the years. And um, I think it was maybe 10 years later, the mother was able to reunite the family. If anybody knows when that was, um, I don't have the year written down here, but yeah. So he loves his mother, loves his mother. It's interesting. We say that in the present tense. Well, they're both in spirit now, but I suspect we're in spirit even when we're in body. <laughs> so the body's gone, but the spirit continues. He used to say, we are birthless and deathless. We go from nowhere to now here. It's just a little matter of spacing. Our lives are a parenthesis in eternity, meaning that beginning and that end of our physical life is just one little moment in the internal lives of our soul. After we talk about Wayne's life, I'm going to get into five essential teachings from Wayne, some things that really stuck with me about his perspective on spirituality. So he goes to Denby High School. Some of his big influences that he stumbled upon at the time was Emerson and Thoreau, uh, transcendentalists. And he had pictures of them on his, on his desk in his writing space for, um, for the rest of his life. 
Linda says it's one in the morning in the UK. Uh, don't worry, there's going to be a replay. And I'm actually going to try and put this up as a podcast episode as well. If you want to listen to it, I'm going to stick the audio out there. So come back to the group and um, you'll find everything here. Linda, or message me if you need help. Thank you for showing up. Okay, so high school. And then he spent four years in the Navy. <laughs> Um, his uncle Bill, Bill Volick, was a school teacher. Gave him a book. I can't remember what it was. What's was the book that he gave him? Was it, um, someone's going to remember. Or I'm going to think of it later. Um, and he's on his way out to the Navy. And then he's like, oh, what am I doing? You know, is this, is this really where I want to be going? Because he was never a conformist. So... Um, you kind of have to follow the rules in the Navy. So that was an interesting experience for him. He even did some writing while he was out there. And then he decided that he wanted to be a teacher like his, like his uncle. He comes back and he goes to Wayne State University. Now he almost didn't get let in because his transcript probably wasn't the best. And so they let him in provisionally. And he was so excited to be there. Like he didn't take it for granted at all. Like he never missed a class, you know, he was really paying attention. And he studied humanistic psychology. He was influenced by Abraham Maslow. And that really changed the course of his life because he could have studied anything about psychology. But he ended up following this little path off to the side that isn't about what's wrong with people, but about human potential, about what's right with people. And this, you know, led the direction for the rest of his life. He was learning things in college that he was so passionate about that he wanted to bring out to the rest of the world. He goes on to become a professor of counseling psychology at St. John's University in New York. He did co-write co a couple of academic journals while he was there, but in his heart, he was wanting to write something for the masses, something outside the academic community that could reach more people, that would bring these concepts in. And he had a private therapy practice I think that was a great practice ground for him to see like what were people's excuses <laughs> what were people's challenges um leo tolstoy yes what was the name of the book thank you georgiana story of teachers leaf collection yes uh, sorry for those of you who are listening i'm getting some uh great comments in here don't want to lose them okay so he has a private therapy practice. So he's he's coaching people, he's counseling people. And so he was a teacher and he was a therapist. And so people would come in and be like, oh, Wayne, you don't know, like my life is just so awful, right? And everybody comes in with these stories about why they can't be happy or, or why their life is wrong. And I think it just strengthened his passion for taking your power back. And realizing that you always have choices and that the way that you think about things is everything. Change your thoughts, change your life. So however you're feeling is actually coming from what you're thinking. And what you're thinking may be formed on habit. They say we have this, they say we have 60,000 thoughts every day. The problem is we have the same 60,000 thoughts every single day. And so we get on these loops, these old patterns. But we can change that, especially with meditation. Meditation isn't about stopping your thoughts. It's about changing your relationship with the thinking process so that you become the witness or the observer. And from that point, it kind of loses its power over you. And that's where you can start to change these thought patterns to ways that are going to serve you and empower you. The life of Ivan Illich. Thank you, Georgiana. <laughs> that was going to drive me nuts if I couldn't think that. Yes. And he ends with, what if my whole life was wrong? Yeah, we don't want to live with regrets. Stacy says her favorite teaching is don't die with your music still in you. Yep. 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 
Okay. So all this time, he's a professor in New York. He has a private counseling practice. He's planning this book, right? And a lot of it was influenced from Maslow. Uh, there was also a big influence from Albert, Albert Ellis with rational emotive therapy. And he had actually been making audio recordings with tapes of his lectures because he knew he might use this someday. Um, and after this experience, the one that I mentioned earlier about the most significant day of his life where he found his way to his father's grave and forgave him. It wasn't what he was planning on doing, but grace came over him. He forgave his father and all of a sudden, it freed this block that he didn't know he was there because prior to that he was he was having nightmares he was waking up in a sweat he was dreaming that he would find his father in a bar and like punch him and they would fight and he would wake up shaking and angry he carried rage for this man that abandoned the family and when we do that, you know, he says it's like the snake bite. The snake bite doesn't kill you. It's the venom that continues to course through your veins. So if we hold resentment, if we hold on to anger, if somebody hurt us and we hold on to it like they don't deserve our forgiveness, that's not what forgiveness is about. It's about freeing yourself. When he found that, when it, the right moment, the right opportunity, the synchronicity of events that came together that allowed him to have that moment of love in his heart for this man who frankly didn't deserve it, not based on his behavior. It freed him. And he said, from this moment on, I send you love. He comes back from that trip. He goes into a hotel and writes your erroneous zones in two weeks, two weeks, handwritten. He used to write all his books by hand on legal pad. I would love to see that. I would love to see his original manuscripts. And it just poured out of him, but it was something that he had been mulling over and thinking about and wanting to do for years. And that was the catalyst. So now he has a book. He starts his first public lecture series. I got to speak with uh, Linda um, uh, this season, uh, I don't remember what episode, but it's called Wayne's first public talk. And she arranged his first public lecture series. And through that, um, he realized that he could have a lucrative career talking about whatever he wants to talk about. And he wouldn't have to have the limitations that came with being a professor at the university. So he was about to get tenure and he ended up leaving to go and sell his book. And his literary agent that he found came to him through that first lecture series. Synchronicity. There's a reason why Wayne Dyer believes in synchronicity because he was paying attention. He noticed them in his life. This book, I can see clearly now, which some would say is his memoir. I believed he referred to it more as a, a, a series of synchronistic events that led one to another. He's talking about the stories of his life and how in looking back, it all makes sense why everything needed to happen the way that it did and how everything was leading him somewhere. He didn't do that to say, look at this amazing life that I had. He did that to show you that you have an amazing life. Perhaps there are no accidents. Maybe you are exactly where you need to be. If you think you're in the dark, maybe you've been planted and your seeds are growing. Never lose hope. He taught us what he learned not because it's only going to work for him, because it's going to work for you. And he wanted that to reach as many people as possible. But it wasn't all smooth sailing. So he got his first book published, but it wasn't selling very well. And he went on the road. I believe his daughter Skye came with him for quite some time. She was just a little girl at the time. 
he went on the road. He would stop at any radio station that would talk to him. He was going to every bookstore, bringing them books to try and put them on their shelf. You know, he really put the work in. So when he says, you know, there's there's no scarcity of opportunity to make a living doing what you love. There's only a lack of resolve to make it happen. He says that because that he lived that. That was his experience. And I believe that can be our experience too. Not to like doggedly push forward and I'm going to do this, but to connect to what's inside of you and co-create that with the universe. Because there is something pulling you forward. The right people at the right time will show up, especially if you're feeling good and you're receptive. Get yourself into a space where you're enjoying life, regardless of outer circumstances. You have choices. Change your thoughts, change your life. So somehow, some way, people start to know him. And he starts showing up on TV shows. And he ended up going on The Tonight Show, I can't remember how many times, like 30 times. And, and that's how we know him because he kept going and he kept teaching us. And at the time it was about psychology, but it was about humanistic psychology. It was about what's possible for you. Do you know that he trained as a Jungian analyst? Carl Jung was a big influence on him. You know, it didn't start with Wayne. The transcendentalist Emerson and Thoreau were big influences on him. It didn't start with them either. You know, we can trace these roots back. These are ancient ideas that have been passed down for thousands of years. The Tao Te Ching, you know? There's lessons here for us that are timeless. Wayne didn't invent these ideas. He brought them to us because he chose to study them. So, he had a shift from psychology to spirituality. And I did another episode, I believe it's the one after Wayne Dyer's origin story on my podcast, at adelacruz.com, um, where I talk about what that shift was. You know, what did that look like for him? And maybe where that came from. So we know him as someone who teaches about spirituality, but that didn't actually happen until he'd already written like four or five other books. His first spiritual book also happened to be the first book I ever read from him, which is called, you'll see it when you believe it. Love, love, love that book. Seven key spiritual concepts. He started studying it. He got passionate about it. He got excited about teaching it. And he spent the rest of his life teaching it to us. You'll know him from PBS. Uh, people called him the father of motivation. He said, I don't need to be anybody's father. I already have eight kids. He had his hands full. Um, he was the same age as my father. And if you've listened to me before, you'll know that my dad comes up a lot. Um, Cynthia said that was your favorite book of his. Yeah, it's a good one. So... What was it that made Wayne who he was? He wasn't the first person. He wasn't the only person to be learning about spirituality, to believe in these concepts. He did combine, combine psychology and spirituality, but even that, he's not the only one to do it. So what was it that made him the speaker, the author that we knew him to be? He was really self-driven. He was a non-conformist. He believed in self-reliance, being guided from within, even from a young age. He was a bit of a, reb a rebel, you know? He was willing to do things differently. He was outspoken. He was an avid reader. He'd been writing stories and essays since he was a boy, and he always wanted to help other people. You know, he was the youngest in his family, but he felt very protective of his older brother, Dave. A willingness to go against the grain, 
I honor that in him. You know, be a scurvy elephant. He he uses that term scurvy elephant for those who aren't familiar. Was he was in school and he overheard a teacher talking about him. And he went back and asked the woman at the orphanage, what is a scurvy elephant? And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, I heard my teacher saying that I was a scurvy elephant. So the woman calls the school and they said, oh, that's Wayne. He gets everything wrong. I didn't say he was a scurvy elephant. I said he was a disturbing element. <laughs> and then he said people used to send him elephants, like the craziest looking elephants in the mail and everything. Um, <laughs> scurvy elephant. That's right. Be proud. You know, he was a scholar. He was a writer. He was a speaker. Um, he connected people together too. You know, he was, he was finding people and bringing them on stage with him. He was helping them get their books out. You know, when he believed in people, he really wanted to share that with us. I don't think he was ever in it for the fame or the money. He felt this in his heart and he wanted to bring it to us. And in order to bring it to us, he had to be courageous. He had to be persistent. He had to stay connected because even his publishers were in opposition to what he was doing. They wanted his books to sound more academic they wanted more footnotes. He wanted it to sound conversational. They wanted him to write about other things. He's like, no, this is what I want to write about. That's what it takes. You know, the road less traveled. He paved his own road. That's what you have to do. So he had a lot of influences, you know, obviously in college, um, Maslow, Jung, um, his uncle, who was a teacher, he had, he used to watch uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen. Um, it's a TV show called Life is Worth Living that was from the 50s. And he was a kid watching that show. And it was about, um, you know, a positive view of life. The power of your own mind to create the kind of life that you want. And I think he resonated with that. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. And you know what I'm realizing now is I resonate with that too. Like, I was a teenager when I first heard Wayne, and I saw him on PBS. And I wasn't really concerned with things like that at the time, but there was something about Wayne Something about what he was saying, he made me believe that anything was possible. He took away this notion of, you can't do this, and that's not for you. And life has to be hard, and that's just how it is. He planted a seed in me and led me down the path of spirituality. And I followed that until he died and beyond. He will always be a major influence in my life. Okay, if you want to know more about some of Wayne's influences, go check out Wayne Dyer's origin story on the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. Go to the website. If you look at the featured episodes, you'll find it there. Um, Georgiana said, yes, a scurvy elephant. Um, Sherry, I'll have to approve the picture that you put out there, so I'll do that after the video. Um, Yes. Thank you all for being here. Do you have memories or stories of Wayne or any questions that you'd like to bring up today? He would have been 82 today, May 10th. Um, I remember one story that he used to tell 
I believe it was his 65th birthday, his kids gave him a card. And the card says, Dad, here is a special message from God for you. And he's thinking, wow, I'm really getting through to my kids. I'm reaching them. They understand it. This is so wonderful. Message from God. He opens the card and it says, see you soon. (laughs) Now he got a big kick out of that. And, you know, that was his sense of humor. He was always telling us about his family. So we feel like we know his family and, you know, his kids were growing up through all of this. He'd bring his daughter on stage to sing and... Um, it was just, it felt personal, you know, and I think that Wayne was like a natural antidepressant. You know, you listen to a lecture from Wayne or you watch one of his videos and there's something just so soothing about all of that. Also, he was really in his element on stage. He loved connecting with the audience, you know, he must have spent a lot of hours alone writing, usually in the early morning. But being on stage was really where he shined and he loved connecting with people. And even like when he'd go to the grocery store or he'd be on an airplane, you know, he was talking to people and he was connecting with them. And um, yeah, when I got to see him in 2007, um, I'd seen him a few times, but this one was really special and it was in Maui. It was at the Westin where he lived on Kaanapali. And so he just literally just walked over from his condo and uh, it was just, I mean, Maui's amazing. And my husband and I got married in Hawaii and we haven't been back since. And uh, we've been wanting to take the kids and we're actually talking You heard it here first, guys. Nothing's confirmed yet, but we're talking about going back to Maui, and I'm so excited to be there. And I realized, you know what? I haven't been to Hawaii since Wayne died. So there's something really bittersweet about that, like to go back to this beautiful space. But, you know, he's not there, at least not in form. But, um, yeah, what's your your favorite memory of Wayne or your favorite teaching? People ask me, you know, what's a great book to start with? And I usually say, you'll see it when you believe it, because that's a great introduction to both Wayne and spirituality. Um, Yeah. So I think that takes us into five essential teachings from Wayne. I was thinking about his influence on my life. I was thinking about, you know, I heard it from Wayne first, honestly. And then I went on to study it with other teachers and some of the other ones that, that he had mentioned, some of the other authors that he had mentioned. I actually found Ram Dass because of Wayne, which is kind of backwards because Ram Dass had been teaching spirituality for a long time. Um, he's fantastic. And uh, yeah, they were friends on Maui together for a while there, which is beautiful. Okay, let's get into it. Five Essential Teachings from Dr. Wayne Dyer. Oh, Anthony says he thought Wayne with Esther Hicks and Abraham was awesome. Oh my gosh, Anthony. Yes. I got to tell you, that's like my favorite conversation maybe ever. There's a video of Wayne Dyer asking questions from Abraham, who's channeled by Esther Hicks. And, uh, you know, she really didn't go easy on him either. I thought that was great. Um Yeah, check that out. We should put that in the group soon too. Um, Okay, teaching number one, your essential nature. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. That means at your core, you are spiritual. You don't have to do anything to become spiritual. You already are a spiritual being. Now, spirituality is about having an awareness of that, of knowing that there's more than just what we see or what we can touch, that there's an energy behind everything. And even with science, quantum physics especially, we're really seeing that if you look inside an atom, it's like nothing but energy. There's almost no matter whatsoever. 
Sherry says, I love when he went to jump over the fence and his wife said, hey, you can't do that at 52. And he said, I forgot. (laughs) Yeah, because (laughs) we don't really age on the inside, do we? My parents used to say that, like you look in the mirror and they're surprising sometimes because, you know, you've changed on the outside, but not on the inside. It's the spirit that gives life. Everything in the world of form comes from the unseen. Everything is energy. You know, you are energy. And um, there's so much that we don't understand. That's why I think we have a we have to have a mind that's open to everything and attached to nothing. Yeah. Um, we used to quote uh, Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, which is a French priest who said, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience yeah so when you have these moments of connection these aha like that's not the exception that's the core (laughs) that's what you really are nicole says when she's having a moment day hour i immediately go to my collection of audios of wayne it calms my heart and soul yeah i used to keep tapes in my car tapes that's right and uh, now I have um, a lot of audio from Audible. I still have all, like, I got a whole book of CDs, but I don't really play CDs anymore. So most of the ones that I listen to are, are digital. Yeah. All right. Essential teaching number two, connect to source. You know, that's where your power is. You are a piece of God. Like we're all connected. If you go inside to the core of you, Like that's your doorway in and it connects all of us. Connect to the power of intention for endless inspiration, guidance, and understanding. He used to say, you must be like what you came from. You are a piece of source. That makes you a piece of God who is benevolent, eternal, and always creating. You are those things too. Meditate to make conscious contact with God and learn to think like God thinks. You are a powerful co-creator. He loves to talk about manifestation and I think it's so fascinating. But he said, you know, you don't, like with the law of attraction, law of attraction, right? He says you don't um, manifest what you want. You manifest what you are. What are you energetically in alignment with? And he says, you're always connected to source. You can't be disconnected, but it's how corroded is that link? And so when you cleanse that by reconnecting with your soul, by giving yourself quiet time, by generating that love inside of you that God has for all of us, you become a conduit for that. It also enables you to receive. Manifestation. Number three, what you focus on expands. Where attention goes, energy flows. So when you start to realize that what you think about expands, more of it is going to show up in your life, you start to get real careful about what you think about. And actually, it's not the thought. It's the feeling that the thought produces. So if you can get into that space of feeling, Like his key to manifestation is to imagine the feeling of the wish fulfilled. So let's say you want a new car. You're not thinking about the absence of that car. You're not going, oh man, it sucks. I don't have a new car. I really need a car. If only I had a car. That person has a car. Why can't I have a car? That's just going to put you further from it. But if you imagine yourself in that new car, your new car, how it feels in the seat, what it smells like, what you're able to do driving in that car, the emotion in your body that the realization of your dream produces, right? And then you detach from outcome because there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come. And when you connect to it, right? something that you're in alignment with, if you're desiring it and it's something that makes you feel good to think about, it's a positive desire, it's probably something that wants you. It's something that's in your path. 
So imagine it as though it's already here. Feel what that feels like. Enjoy the feeling of that. Know that it's on its way and then let go. Change your thoughts, change your life. You're not a, vic a victim to circumstances circumstances. You always have choices. You know, if you don't like something about your life, you can either change the circumstances or change how you think about it. He used to talk about how someone would say, oh, I just got laid off from my job and it's the worst thing ever. And he'd say, oh, how exciting. You get to start a new chapter, you know? And how often is it that something happens to us and we think it's the worst thing ever. And it turns out to save us. It turns out to be the thing that turns our life around. The relationship that needed to end, but you couldn't see it until after it had happened. You know? It opens new doors. Rejection is God's protection. I love that quote. Okay. Number four, healing. Miraculous healing is possible. Wayne believed this passionately. And it didn't start in the 80s or the 90s or in the 2000s. It started much younger. He had experiences in his early life that demonstrated the power of the mind. As he saw it, the power of the mind. There's obviously spirit connected to that. Healing is possible. I'm not going to go into great depth about miraculous healing. I did do an episode on that one as well, where I talk about a lot of stories from his life. There's so much that we don't know. But we do know this. Everything is energy. So maybe nothing is impossible. Imagine that just for a moment. Nothing is impossible. That means don't cut your dreams down to a size that you think is manageable. Let them be full size. When we were going through the heart of this pandemic, and I talked to many of you then, and one of the things that we talked about was imagine best case scenario. And that's not limited to a pandemic at any time in your life. What would your ultimate day look like today? What would your ultimate year look like this year? And how would that make you feel? And start connecting to that. And you'd be surprised at how much of it is going to show up in your life. But you have to start saying yes. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. We've had so many restrictions that it's easy and fears that it's easy to feel like we're put into a box. If you've been living in a box, I'm inviting you now. Come out of that box. Every time you think about something that you want, oh, can I? Yes, I can. You don't need to know the how yet. Start with the yes. Start with the yes. Yes, I can. Nicole says, miraculous healing. Absolutely. My heart has experienced the healing from loss and grief. We all go through loss and grief. You know, everything that we experience, it's so human, right? The more personal it is, the more universal it seems to be. Because those are true experiences of what it's like to be human. Nobody's getting out of here alive. I'm sure I'm not the first one to tell you that. <laughs> I'm sorry if I am. Nobody's getting out of here alive. You know, we, illness and death and loss and fear and the whole range of emotion, that's part of it. That's part of it. I don't pretend to have all the answers. I'd be lying to you if I said that I did. But there are a lot of things that we can do to find our way along this path. To reconnect to a feeling of purpose and safety and joy and love, 
connection with those around us, connection with the earth that we're on. Georgiana says, I healed from stage, stage three cancer with no surgery, chemo, radiation. That's amazing. That's amazing. And you know, Wayne was diagnosed with leukemia. And a lot of people think he died of cancer, but he didn't. He died of a heart attack. And on the autopsy, there was no trace of leukemia in his body. He had told us he was healed. And he was. That doesn't mean he lived forever, does it? And it doesn't mean that we will either, because that's not what we're here for. This is a parenthesis in eternity. I get the feeling that if we live forever, that would be really sad. Imagine if this life is like a vacation that you came here for. If you never got to come home from vacation, wouldn't that be sad? You'd be away from your family, from your home, right? We're here temporarily. And for whatever reason, that's how it's meant to be. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know how things are going to come together or how to get what you want. Just connect to the feeling of it. Connect every day. Connect every day. If you are feeling that connection to source, it fuels you and it will guide you. And that's number five. Life is temporary. From nowhere to now here, it's just a question of spacing. Go for it now. The future is promised to no one. I miss him so much. But look what he left for us. He didn't have to write all these books. He didn't have to keep creating stuff. He didn't have to keep flying around the world and showing up. He did it because it was his dharma. It was his passion. He wanted us to have what we have. And I think everything that he wanted us to know is already in there. So yes, I would love to have him here and give him a big hug and say happy birthday, Wayne. Thank you for everything. But anytime I have a question about my life, about the state of the world, about how to live, it's in there. He made these guideposts. And some of these were translated from ancient wisdom that is hard for us, for most of us to decipher. And he was a scholar and he did that for us. Thank you, Wayne Dyer. Happy 82nd birthday. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who's a part of this community. Thank you to everyone who has joined me here today. You're going to be okay. You're a spiritual being having a human experience. You're not alone. You're not alone. We are surrounded by support. All we have to do is tune into it, to connect to it. Know that life isn't always easy. Sometimes it's terrifying. And sometimes our greatest stories are how we overcome those things. You can always come out stronger. You come from a long line of brave souls who chose to incarnate on this earth you are courageous. You chose to come down on earth now? Now? I know you're adventurous. <laughs> I know that you are. You got this. You came here with a reason and it doesn't have to be a job. Just be human. Be more human. Enjoy it. Experience it. If Wayne were here today, if our loved ones were here today, gosh, wouldn't they just love to enjoy a good meal, a little sunshine, right? Conversation with a loved one. You have those things. Enjoy them. Don't worry about everything so much, right? 
Yes, we are surrounded by love. Lydia says, happy heavenly birthday. Nicole says, he lives on daily with us for us. Cynthia, thank you. Um, come check out the podcast. Um, I've had incredible, okay, so the podcast. Oh my gosh, I forgot to tell you guys, most of the podcast is interviews. <laughs> okay, I started with some teaching ones about Wayne, right? Because I wanted to talk about his life and kind of set a foundation for this. So if you want to learn more about Wayne, it starts with that. But most of these are, are interviews, like people that knew Wayne or were, were impacted by his life. And it is such an honor to be able to have these conversations. And I always try to share a post or two in the group when new episodes come out. I'm going to put this out as an audio if you want to listen to it on the podcast. It should come out on Sunday. Um, if there's anything else that you'd like to see more of or someone have somebody on or something to talk about, let me know. I do want to talk more about being a scurvy elephant, so look for another Facebook Live on that later this year. But I'm going to be taking a little break on the podcast after this because uh, got to spend some time with my cute little kids and uh, enjoy the summer. Flip says, thank you for everything you do to keep his work alive. Thank you so much for being a part of this. I mean, you guys are what I was looking for. You're, you're what I was looking for when he died. And I, I wanted to keep talking about it. And it almost amazes me that I'm just as passionate about spirituality and Dr. Wayne Dyer as I was oh, 25 years ago, you know, and he's not even here anymore. And I'm still feeling it. And um, we can keep it going. We can keep this conversation going. We can keep learning and sharing and supporting each other. Um, Georgiana, in our hearts, he lives forever. Yes. Um, Wendy said she saw him twice. Wonderful. Um, yeah, and if you have a story to share, contact me. Contact me. I'd love to hear it. All right, I think we're going to close it out unless anybody else has any more um, stories. Helen says her life changed when she listened to this. There's a spiritual, spiritual solution to every problem. Was the best introduction to him and his teachings. Um, yeah, that's a great one. Spiritual solution to every problem. Even just the title is a great lesson. You know, he used to believe in just keeping something with you. He he really would write affirmations and put them everywhere in his house, in his car, like wherever. He'd keep that stuff. He would carry books with him just for the energy of that book. Um, Nicole said she lost five loved ones in 2019. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And your brother. Um... Wayne has helped me through grief as well. Yeah. And it really touched my heart seeing him talk about his mother, especially in that video we talked about in the beginning um, where he was, his mother had just died and she was in her 90s, you know, and he was in his 70s and the pain was so clear of losing his mother, you know, never forget Wayne was human too. Like, I feel like he's, he's a teacher and, and a mentor and a role model for so many, but he was human too. Yeah. Yeah. We go through a lot and that's okay. Like never be ashamed of experiencing your humanity. It's beautiful. Even when it hurts. Flip says, whenever I come across someone having a rough day or week, I send audio clips to them. Ah, yes. Oh, you guys share more stuff in the group, right? I love seeing your posts about Wayne Dyer. I try to keep it specific to Wayne or sometimes I put through stuff that would be like I think he would love. It sounds like in alignment with what he would say. But yeah, if you've got clips or quotes or whatever, please share them in the group. I do um, need to review those. I do that once a day. Um, so if it doesn't show up right away, that's why. But um, yes, please, you're more than welcome to join in the conversation. Tammy says, love Abraham and Wayne. Um, oh, so much. It's so lovely to see all of you here today. When I checked on the, the, um, the event on Facebook yesterday, it said 313 people had said they were coming. And that number is so significant to me. 
um, because whenever I see 313, that's my symbol for Wayne. He used to wake up at 313 in the morning um, and he always felt like spirit was waking him up. So I see that number in the most synchronistic times. And to me, that meant he sees this, he's here with us, right? He's still here for us. And uh, we're all one. It's all love. Yes. Thank you, Jan. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Nicole, Linda. Um, like minds support each other, said Cynthia. Yes. This is a wonderful community. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for joining me today. And happy birthday, Wayne. I'll see you guys soon. Love to you all. Namaste. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.